He's a good, good father. Amen. He's good to us all the time. And all the time, God is good. Father, we come before you with thankful hearts today. We thank you that we can hear from heaven. Lord, as we approach your word, we approach it humbly. We approach it reverently. We thank you, Father, that we are not just hearers of your word or talkers about your word or Bible carriers only, but we are those who implant the word in our spirits, speak it and act on it. We proclaim that we are doers of your word and we are blessed in our doing in the mighty name above every name, the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. So we're in our second installment on hearing God. I want you to open your Bibles to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. And uh, we're going to look at verses 3 through 5. It says, To him the porter opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and leads them out. He putteth forth his own sheep. He goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Say this with me real strong in the name of Jesus. I hear the voice of the Lord. I am his sheep, and Jesus is my shepherd. I know his voice, and I follow his voice clearly, and I listen carefully to hear God's plan for my life. And so the first and foremost way that we hear from him is through the more sure word, the word of the living God. We understand that when we take heed to the Word of God, it comes as a light into a dark place in our life. For it is the entrance of His Word that does give us light. Now, as believers, are you aware of the fact that you have GPS? You have God's positioning Spirit on the inside of you. And you have Siri, the Spirit inside, revealing information. He keeps talking to us even when we get off course. He reroutes us if necessary. He prompts us along the way. If we miss a turn, He helps us find the way. He keeps us from getting lost. He keeps us on the best route. He keeps us on track. The Holy Spirit will give you guidance. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit a lot this morning, but the Holy Spirit works in conjunction with Scripture. Amen. He uses what is written and what is revealed to guide us. The Bible, the Word of God prompts us, reminds us, for the Word of God is a living thing. And so you and I must be preloaded. We must experience daily exposure to the Word of God. And when we do, we get the vantage point of God. You see, God sees above, He sees beneath, He sees all around. He is omniscient, hallelujah. He is everywhere present. He is all wise. He is all powerful. He is our good, good Father. And when you get into Him and get His Word in Him, you'll begin to see as He sees. Oh, come on, shout somebody. And so what we do is we can get a now word for our daily living. Amen. You see, the Word of God is fresh manna, and it is manna that we are to gather every day. Matthew says this, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That word proceeds there means a now word. It means an ongoing, and it means a constant word. I encourage you to constantly put this word in your heart. Amen. And you will walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You see, God's Word is speaking to you. God's Word is our daily bread. It is alive. It is our fresh manna. No wonder the devil's trying his best to keep us out of the Word. Martin Luther said this, All cunning of the devil is exercised in trying to tear us away from the Word of God. The psalmist said this, Your Word is a lamp unto my feet, and it is a light unto my path. And so we must remind ourselves that this Word is alive, it's active, and it's working in our lives. You know, if you need an answer in life, and we do need answers, if you need wisdom, if you need strength, if you need some courage, how many of you know the Holy Spirit will nudge your heart? He will talk to you. He knows exactly what we need. 
and he knows exactly where we can find it in the Word of God. He will speak to you. He will guide you. He will give you inspiration of the Word of God. I'm declaring today for every problem we face, there is a promise that causes us to prevail. You see, we have God's positioning spirit within us. No matter what may be going on, no matter what we might be going through, He will reveal to you exactly what you need to know. There is an answer and there is a path for you. And so I encourage you today to live in expectation, for He is willing, He is ready, and He is able to speak to your heart. Now in John chapter 16, in verse 13, another primary way that God leads us, He leads us by His Spirit. Everyone say, I desire to hear from Him, to hear His voice. Now, I like this. I got this from another preacher, but I'm going to use it. It was his, now it's mine. Amen. But the New Testament uses heart and spirit interchangeably. The heart is the center of man. When you look at the word heart, you will see the words hear. You will see the words ear. You will see the words he. And you will also see the word art. I love this statement. He is the center of your heart. So you can have an ear to hear him. That is the art of being a Christian. Amen. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now Jesus said something in John 16 and 13. When the Holy Spirit comes, he will not speak on his own authority, but he will give you the message that he has heard from his father. The scripture says that he will announce, he will declare it unto you. He will even show you things in the future. Oh, that's an awesome thing. Jesus said he will honor me, he will glorify me, because he will take, receive, and draw upon what is mine. I love this. And he will reveal, declare, and disclose, and transmit it to us. Amen. And so, not the only way, but one way. And a major way that he does reveal to us guidance is through this inward witness. In Romans the 8th chapter, in verse 14 through 16, it says this. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, what are they? They are the mature sons of God. You know that you are maturing and growing spiritually when you do not have to be guided by another person, when you do not have to be guided by some sort of angelic visitation or some so-called prophet. No, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Amen? Now notice with me, for you have not received the spirit of, of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Daddy, Daddy. You see, the spirit of fear is foreign to the born-again believer. We do not have a spirit of fear, but rather you and I, we got the spirit of adoption, whereby in our hearts we call Daddy, Daddy, Good, Good Father, Abba, Father. It is an awesome thing to know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit and that He lives on the inside of you. And so He reveals to us through this inward witness he reveals and he communicates to us spirit to spirit what do you mean spirit to spirit well would you argue with me if i told you that god is a spirit well the scripture tells tells us that he is in hebrews he's called the father of spirits and you and i according to first uh, thessalonians 5:23 says and the very God of peace sanctifies us wholly, and, he, and that I declare your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless until the Lord returns. So you are not seeing Mark Thomas up here. You are seeing the shell in which I live. I am not seeing you today. I am looking at your shell. But oh, the inward man is real. The inward man is alive. And the inward man is renewed day by day. Though this outward man may be decaying, oh, hallelujah, you're not getting any older on the inside. And so you are a spirit. And with your spirit, you contact the father of spirits. You have a soul, but you live inside of a physical body. And so when God wants to get his information and download it to you, he communicates with your heart. 
And I've discovered this, that the more Holy Spirit conscious I am, and the more aware of Him I am on the inside of me, the more conscious I am that I am a spirit being, and that's the way that He reveals truth to me, the more easy it is for me to be led and to hear from heaven. E.W. Kenyon said this. This is so good. He said, the one who lets his spirit gain the mastery and influence over him in critical times is the one who will climb to the top. Anybody interested in being at the top? Well, it's scriptural. We're the head and not the tail. And so in Romans 8.14 again, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, it is possible, and many people are, head-led. They're emotionally led. They're feeling-led. They're money-led. They're externally-led. They're opportunity-led. But the Bible doesn't say we're to be led by any of those things. But that we are to be led by the Spirit of the living God. Oh, hallelujah. And so, my encouragement to you this morning is... Be only and always led by Him. The answer to a million and one questions is this. Be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. We've had some people close to us recently making a transition in ministry. And we told them at the top of their decision, make sure that you are led by the Spirit of God. We do not want to be opportunity-led. We do not want to be head-led, but we want to be led by the Spirit. And they are and have and they will be. Amen. And so we understand this, that at every juncture in life, every time that we need to make a decision. How many of you are processing some decisions right now? Amen. Anytime we need to make decisions or glean wisdom or perhaps respond to someone who has asked us a question that we quite frankly didn't know how to answer have you ever been there i've been there like a thousand times so instead of going by what we think and thinking things up it behooves us and it would do well for us to pray things out before we speak out you know we need to be slow amen to speak sometimes and so In any of those situations, whether it be a job, a career, how you should handle your children, or whatever the case may be, at every juncture in life, always go to Him and acknowledge Him and ask Him for His wisdom. At the top of every decision, acknowledge Him. In Proverbs chapter 3, in verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with what? Your heart is where He is. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to thine own understanding. He didn't say don't use your head. He didn't say don't use your brain. But he's saying don't lean to that. Rather, lean on me. Lean on the ancient of days. Lean on the Father who knows all things. Lean on the Spirit within who reveals to you truth. Amen? So in all of your ways, acknowledge him. Well, how do we do that? How do we acknowledge him? Well, basically, by not ignoring him. Basically, by giving him full place. Acknowledge he's there. Acknowledge that he knows more than you know. That might be quite a revelation to some of you. Acknowledge him for the direction and help. Don't exclude him Include him. Invite him in all the time and say, Lord, I need your help here. I'm acknowledge you, acknowledging you in all my ways. Let's lift up our hands and pray that prayer right now. Heavenly Father, you know my heart. You know my need. Therefore, I come to you boldly this morning and I put my trust in you. I acknowledge you this morning. I refuse to lean to my own understanding. But I lean in and I lean on you. And I'm asking you, in this point of my life, 
for this decision, for my career, in my relationships, I'm asking you and acknowledging you, give me direction, give me wisdom, and I believe that I receive right now. Oh, come on, somebody. In Jesus' name. Amen. And so in the Mose Predekeshtea, so menese predekasoma, so inviting him, you are giving him access into your life. For you see, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, and he will not force his will or his plan upon you. But as you humble yourself before me, says the Lord, like you have just done through prayer, you give him full access. So expect to be led, expect to receive wisdom, expect the Spirit of the Lord to come upon you and show you exactly what you need to know. Amen. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. Give him access. Give him place. In John 16 and in verse 7, Jesus said, Nevertheless, I'm telling you the truth. How many of you know that Jesus tells the truth? He says, it is expedient or it is profitable for you that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the Comforter, who is the Holy Spirit, will not come unto you. But if I depart, what's he going to do? Has the Holy Ghost come? He came on the day of Pentecost. And so Jesus said in the next verse, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another Comforter. That word comforter means counselor, strengthener, standby, intercessor, mediator. I mean, he's everything you need. I will send him unto you, but if I depart, I will not be able to send him to you. So it's better that Jesus went away for them and for us for a number of reasons, but primarily so the Holy Spirit could come and live on the inside of us. Oh, man, what a treasure. What a blessing. Now, in the Old Covenant, they always had God with them, did they not? But God was not in them. In the book of Numbers, for example, they were certainly guided, but they were guided by a cloud by day and a fire by night. The Holy Spirit was in that cloud by day and fire by night. He was always there to guide them and to lead them and to keep them safe, was he not? And then you fast forward to Jesus' ministry. For three and a half years, he was right there with them. And so he had the Spirit without measure. And so when they needed something and they needed an answer to their question, they would go directly to him. But now listen very carefully. Jesus is saying in this context, I'm going to leave and it's going to be better. Because the one that's been with you is going to be in you. The one that raised Jesus from the dead is going to be in you. And I hear the Spirit saying through the Apostle Paul, Know you not that you are the temple of God. And that the Spirit of God dwells in you. So in this new covenant that you and I live, this dispensation of grace, this dispensation of the moving of the Holy Spirit, this dispensation of signs and wonders and miracles, this dispensation of the greatest harvest we've ever seen before coming to pass, this dispensation where Jesus is glorified, where he is increased and we decrease, this dispensation where he is Lord and proclaimed from the top of the world to the bottom of the world and everywhere in between, in this dispensation, everything is changed. Woo! Glory to God. Why? Because he moved in. In the old covenant, their whole existence was based by following a cloud by day and a fire by night. Their needs were met. Certainly they were protected. But this cloud, folks, moves into us at the new birth. And the first thing that he wants to do is guide your life. Oh, thank God for the heavenly guide. You know, when we went to Europe and we were able to go to Rome and tour, we hired a guide. But we didn't hire a guide that didn't know where he was going. We had hired an experienced guide. And so he was able to get through places that, quite frankly, it would have taken us hours to get through. That's the favor of God. He knew so much about what was going on in the city of Rome. It was an awesome experience. But, oh, brothers and sisters... 
and natural guide cannot touch our spiritual guide. You and I have the guide on the inside. He knows how to get us where we need to go. He knows how to connect us with divine appointments. Oh, somebody say amen. He knows how to give you divine favor where seemingly in the natural realm there is no favor. He knows how to get you, hallelujah, to the top. Amen? Say with me, I have a guide. And he's living on the inside. On the inside. On the inside of you and me, there's a built-in compass. Amen. How many of you have ever been directionally challenged before? I mean, I'll raise both hands. Brenda can tell you, well, we should have got directions, but you know, manhood tries to take over. The male ego is something that needs to be kept under. But she's right most of the time. And so there's been times where you and I have been directionally challenged. But now that we have the guide inside, now that we've got this compass living on the inside of you, we must not ever be direction, or we don't ever have to be directionally challenged again. Why is that? Because you and I, we are mobile temples of the Holy Ghost. My spiritual father, Dad Hagen, said this, the individual that will learn to be led by the Spirit of God will rise to the top in life. I believe that the greatest thing that you and I can learn as sons and daughters of God is learn to be led by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah! And so this Spirit Himself, He bears witness with our spirit. Now let me ask you a couple of questions today. What is the voice of your body? Do you know your body has a voice? I know my body has a voice, especially when it gets hungry. Sometimes it says, cheeseburger. Doesn't sound like that, but it feels like that. You know, when we woke up early this morning, the alarm went off, and it was a good five minutes before it was turned off. Because the voice of the body was, stay in bed, stay in bed. Some of your bodies are talking to you right now. Wish I could shut up, shut up. No, you need to cast that down, reject that in the name of Jesus. Amen. No, we are not a body. We are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. Our body is not to be in charge. We are to be in charge. And we are to keep our body under and bring it into subjection. Listen, by any means we preach to others, we should be a castaway. I don't want to say that again. Anyway, feelings are the voice of the flesh. Reasoning is the voice of the soul or of the mind, the will, and the emotions. But now listen, conscience is the voice of the spirit. Conscience is the voice of your spirit. And so when he says, the spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit, he could tantamount of saying, the spirit himself bears witness with our inner man, with our conscience. And so this is so vitally important that we maintain a pure conscience. Are you guys ready for some meat now? Are you really ready for it? Conscience is the voice of the Spirit. And so we must maintain a clear conscience since it is the Spirit that bears witness with our spirit. The condition of my conscience is absolutely crucial. Paul said this, that we are to hold the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience. With a pure conscience. He furthermore said, the goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and sincere faith. In Acts 24, he said this, this being so, I myself always, now listen, he says, I strive, I make it my aim, it is my goal To have a conscience without offense. Without offense. Not only toward him, but also toward men. Our conscience can get muddied. How many have ever been snorkeling before? I'm not much for snorkeling, but I've been snorkeling before. I couldn't get that thing on right. So I kind of freaked out when I got underwater. But... In snorkeling, if you go to the right place, 
I mean, you can see so clear. In Hawaii, you can see so clear and such beautiful fish all around you. I mean, it is absolutely out of this world. It's absolutely gorgeous. But you go to the Mississippi River in St. Louis, Missouri, <laughs> and you try to do some snorkeling. Love that muddy water. You know what I'm saying? It is muddy, and you can't see. So likewise, your conscience can be clear, but also your conscience can get muddied. And so if our conscience then isn't clear, we will have extinguished the voice of God and muted the inward witness in our life. The question is this, how then can I ensure that my inward voice or that my conscience doesn't get, borrowing a medical term, doesn't get laryngitis. Laryngitis is a bummer. You ever had it? And so we'd want our inward man and our voice to be clear. We don't want to get laryngitis. You know, Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said, in the last days, there are going to be people that are going to depart from the faith. There are going to be people that are lovers of selves more than lovers of God. There are going to be people that are chasing money rather than God chasers. Amen? And so let it not be said among us that we are those kind of people. We do not want to be part of the ungeneration. Years ago, you know, they came up with this catchy advertisement for 7-Up, the Uncola. Well, in the realm of the Spirit, there's the ungeneration, unholy, unthankful. We don't want to be that way. We want to keep our hearts open and pure to Him. Listen, if there's anything down on the inside of you that, that nudges you, where your conscience is bothering you, you need to pay attention to that. Perhaps you've said something ugly about someone and just kind of let it go. You know, the Holy Spirit will convict you. Your conscience will bother you. That is if you pay attention to your conscience. But if you allow your conscience to get seared over as with a hot iron, then you can go for years and years and years and years and say, well, that doesn't bother me. The reason why it doesn't bother you is what Paul told Timothy, that in the last days, some would have their conscience seared. You know what searing is, right? In other words, they'll be dull, they'll be calloused in their inward man, their conscience would be seared as with a hot iron. Now, when I was two years old, I could not drink Pete's coffee in the morning. Hot. But this morning, I had me a hot cup of Pete's coffee. Why? Because I've done that through years and years of experience. What may bother me at a younger age doesn't bother me now. Well, spiritually, you've got to keep your conscience intact. I mean, listen, friend, be quick to repent. I mean, be quick to repent. Don't wait until the last dog is hung. The Bible says don't let the sun, come on, I know I'm preaching good. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. I mean, if there's something on the inside that's nudging you, you need to get that right between you and God. Otherwise, over the process of time, you'll get seared and it won't bother you and you'll be muting the voice of God. Your conscience is important. Say it with me, my conscience is extremely important. So ignoring our conscience then will cause us to be muted. Look at uh, 1 Timothy 1.19, and I know I quote a lot of scriptures for the sake of time, but I do want to look at this. I want to look at 2 Timothy, or 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 19. Here's, Here's something we want to see. It says, holding faith and a good conscience. What kind of conscience you have? Which some having put away. In other words, he's saying there are people that haven't held on to their faith because they've ignored their conscience. Some having put away concerning faith have what? Have made shipwreck. Shipwreck in the natural and shipwreck in the spiritual realm is not a good thing. And it says here, What caused these lives to become shipwreck 
is they stopped paying attention to their conscience. Their conscience was at one time clear, but their conscience all of a sudden got muddy, and that muddy conscience caused their life to hit a major accident and for them to become shipwreck. Now, in a ship and on a ship, we've been on some huge ships before, but the captain of the ship can see what's out ahead. He hears the weather reports and he knows what lies ahead. And so what that captain can do is that captain will make course corrections. How many have ever flown before? Okay. There is what they call turbulence. How many of you just really enjoy being up there about 30,000 feet and all of a sudden, I mean, that'll cause you to pray in tongues right now. You've been having a hard time praying in tongues. Just go up there. Then I just start praying. And so the captain, the pilot, what does he do? He makes course corrections. He may go a little higher to go around the storm. He may go a little lower. The object of the captain is to get crew and passengers safely to their destination. The object of the captain of our salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives will always, will sometimes cause us to make course corrections. Don't despise the corrections of the Lord. Make them because he has your best interest at heart and he wants to bring you into the harbor where you experience no shipwreck. He wants to bring you to your destination where you can say, my, 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 the Lord's been good to me. Hallelujah. So listen, look at your neighbor and say, listen, Listen to your heart. Now let's talk for just a few moments about this witness of the Spirit. Go back to Romans 8, 16. And I think we should just pray again before we do that. Just raise your hands again. There's nothing cut and dried about these services. You know, when you hit a chord, like I believe the chord's being hit today, we need to pray. We need to pray corporately. Pray this with me, Heavenly Father. Help me to maintain a clear, a pure conscience before you and before man. I'm asking you, sir, to check me, let me know on the inside when there needs to be a correction made. I open my heart to the Spirit of the living God I thank you that you can purge my conscience from dead works. Oh, to serve the living God. Come on, let's give him praise. Hallelujah. Now, when I spoke in tongues and interpreted that earlier, the same thing goes for there. You've just given him access to do that. And so when these course corrections come, don't get under condemnation. Don't feel poorly. Don't feel bad about yourself. But make the correction and go on living free from condemnation. Amen. Now in Romans 8.16, again, it says, and read it with me if you would, please. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So let's talk about how do we identify this witness of the Spirit. First of all, we must respect Him. We must recognize Him. And thirdly, we must respond to Him. Respect the Holy Spirit. Recognize Him. He's not just hitchhiking a ride through life. In the old English language, the Holy Ghost was known as the Holy Guest. You've got a holy guest living in you. Now let's look at this word witness or witnesseth as it pertains to 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 1. This will help us to identify what this witness of the Spirit is. It says, this is the third time that I'm coming to you in the mouth of what? Is it up there? Okay. In the mouth of what? Let every word be established. How many of you know that's true where the Word of God is concerned? You cannot build a doctrine on one verse, can you? 
No, for example, healing belongs to you as part of the kingdom of God. But we have more than one verse that promises you healing. We have verse upon verse upon verse upon verse that says healing is yours. For example, himself took our and bore our by his stripes ye were he forgives all our iniquities he heals all our he sent his word and and delivered them from from their destructions you see you guys are sharp why because faith has come and you've heard the word see you can't be talked out of uh, talked out of divine health because you know it's in the word well now the same thing is true then for the holy spirit And the way that he leads us. This applies to us. Again, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I'm telling you, there's someone living on the inside of you besides you. It's him. And what this is saying, that there's a co-witness that takes place between your heart and the Holy Spirit. For example, if Pastor Tom uh, says at a staff meeting, he says, you know, Pastor Mark... I just really, really have this in my heart real, real strong. And then Brenda raises her hand or says, she doesn't need to raise her hand, either does he. But (laughs) Brenda says, yeah, I've got the same exact thing. What is that? Tom had a witness. Brenda had a co-witness. The Holy Spirit will bear witness with your spirit. Amen. That's a co-witness. That's a co-witness. Let's examine this in Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5 verse 29 says, Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God highly exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of what? Of sins. And we are his witnesses. Let's read that together. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so also is the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that obey him. Do you see the principle of the co-witness? Your spirit has a witness. Now, years ago, how many remember how many times Dad Hagen came to our church? I mean, he came... In the 80s, I'll never forget the first time he was in our church in the 80s when we were over on Wicks Boulevard. How many were there that night? It was a Sunday night. I can still remember what he preached. He preached on the laying out of hands. And then he would come to the church over there on Royal Avenue several times. He did a minister's conference there. He did faith crusades there. He did Holy Ghost meetings there. The year before he passed away, he just happened to be in our church in 2002. It was an honor and it was a blessing to have that kind of influence in our church. It's still strong today. What a spiritual dad. What a spiritual mentor. But one thing I know about Dad Hagen, he was very, very tender and conscious of the Holy Spirit who lived on the inside of him. He would say that he knew the Holy Spirit better than he knew his wife. That's amazing. He had a relationship with him that was top-notch. A great example for me to follow and for you to follow. It was awesome. And so when Brother Hagen would pray, and he would go before the Lord, and he would be looking at his calendar, for example, for maybe 2001 or 2002, he would begin to pray in the Spirit, and he would talk to the Lord just like you would talk to your best friend. And he would say things like this, Now, Lord... I just, in my heart, I, 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 I just, I feel like we ought to go to Hayward. Or I feel like we ought to do a Holy Ghost meeting down in Miami. Oh, in my spirit, I, I just sense that there's a recession coming, something like that, that happened years ago. And uh, I just sent, what, what do I need to do about it? And then he would say, Lord, what do you say about it? See, he had it in his heart, but he was looking for that co-witness. Yeah. He was looking for the Holy Spirit to witness to his spirit out of confirmation that, yes, he should go to Hayward. And yes, he did go to Hayward. And yes, he did go to Miami. And yes, he did follow the leading of the Lord. Folks, that's respecting him. 
That's honoring him. That's not just going off half-cocked and doing things that we think we ought to do. Oh, come on, somebody. It's not just going off half-prepared, but it's honoring him and saying, Lord, you know, it seems like I had to do this. I want to encourage you, ladies and gentlemen, to follow your seamer. Whatever seems right in your spirit, whatever seems right to the Holy Ghost, it witnessed to them, but also the Holy Ghost. Whatever seems right down on the inside of you, follow it, because that is the will, and that is the plan of God. And it doesn't take long to do this. You don't have to have a Ph.D. to do this. Matter of fact, in some cases, it would be better if you didn't have a Ph.D. Not against Ph.D.'s. But part of honoring him is waiting on him long enough. Well, I don't know. I just don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time to wait. Well, then you don't have time to be in the will of God. Because if you're not going to be able to wait and be patient in his presence long enough and to be still and know that you know that he is God or that God is in this, you're going to miss it time and time and time and time again. Amen? And all of us have missed it enough to know that missing it ain't so good. How many of you would rather hit it than miss it? Pray with me, Lord God, help me to hit it. So look to him. Check with your heart. I mean, as a pastor, I've constantly got decisions to make in huge decision processes right now. Only a few people know about it. No, I'm not resigning, by the way. Everything's okay physically with me. Just relax. It's all good. It's ministry stuff. It's things that pertains to this church and and the future of our church. So on the inside, you know, I've got to keep checking. I've got to keep looking to him. Is Is this the right way to go, Lord? And so here's what happens many times is the Lord gives you a green light to begin a process. But all along the way, if that light turns yellow, what that means is be cautious. And if that light turns red, that means stop. And so in the realm of the Spirit, you and I have to be mature enough to stop, to look, and to listen. Everyone say, stop. That's being still. Look to Him on the inside. And then listen. Because He is speaking to us. Amen. So in life, you have a lot of decisions to make, don't you? Thank God that he knows stuff we don't know. Thank God that you and I have an unction from the Holy One. And we can know what we need to know. Oh, man. I love this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's look over there. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 and verse 12. One of the best ways that you can pray for Pastor Brenda and I, Pastor Tom and Pastor Nancy, is you can pray for the wisdom of God. Just pray in the Holy Ghost that the wisdom of God would prevail on all decisions. Amen? Amen. Now notice this, and I'm praying that for you. So you owe me some prayers by George. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 11. For what knows the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but who? Are you ready to shout? Verse 12. It says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the, ooh, glory. I'm preaching myself happy. But the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. And so there are things that he has prepared for you from before the foundation of the world. There are divine appointments just around the corner for many of you. Do not mute the voice of the Lord, but obey your spirit and keep on taking the steps that I require of you to take. And surely you will be brought into that place of a divine appointment. Know this, saith the Lord, that I know exactly what to do and exactly where you should go. So stop and look and listen to me, and everything shall be bright and everything shall be all right. Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 
And then we need to be very, very careful that we grow enough not to be so impressionable by people that perhaps are well-meaning, but sometimes can be operating in manipulation. It's really, really important that, that we just, you know, we just don't take Pastor Mark's word because Pastor Mark says it, but we take it because it's thus saith the Lord, right? And, and I believe with all my heart in the prophet's ministry, but the prophet's ministry in the new covenant is different than the prophet's ministry in the old covenant. In the old covenant, they didn't have the spirit of God within them. They didn't have the spirit of seeing and the spirit of knowing available to them like you and I do. And so the prophet in the old covenant would see and he would declare and he would say some things. The prophet in the new covenant one office that he stands in is he begins or she begins to speak something that confirms what you already have in your own spirit. And so here's the thing. If people are not mature and not grounded in this more sure word of prophecy, and if people don't hear teaching like this on a regular basis, sometimes they get bedazzled by the spectacular. And don't misunderstand me. The spectacular is out there. I believe in angelic visitations. Come on, somebody. I believe that Jesus could appear to us right now. And so we don't minimize that. But when it comes to being led by the Spirit of God, you've got to know for sure for yourself that this is the right thing to do or this is not the right thing to do. That's all I'm saying. Now let me give you an illustration that happened to a gentleman in South Africa. A preacher that I know went to preach down in a great church in South Africa and afterwards, they were invited to go to this very, very beautiful home and, and ride on a yacht afterwards. Huge palatial home, very wealthy home, very wealthy yacht. He was just amazed. He had never been or seen anything like that before in his life. And so they ate dinner and they went on on the yacht and then they came back. And the owner of the house, the man of the house said to the preacher, he said, you know, he says, we're going to lose this house not only this house, but we're going to lose the yacht and everything we own in a matter of days. And the preacher said, what? What happened? Why? He says, here's what happened. You know, there was this thing that we could invest in. We had the opportunity to go all into this investment. We weren't really sure what to do. All the time on the inside, he told this preacher later that he didn't feel good about it. That's enough to say no. But he didn't know. He was not mature. And so they went over to a, a, a person's house where there was a prophet there. And the prophet prophesied and told them, yes, go all in. Sell everything you have. Put every penny you have in that. Well, guess what? The company went south. They lost every penny that they had. The Bible doesn't say for as many as are led by prophets. They are the sons of God. Now, I know some prophets, some great prophets, and I'm good friends with a lot of good prophets, but they are proven prophets. They are not startup prophets. They are not startup prophets trying to direct me and to tell me what to do and what to preach and what not to preach. I had one of them send me reams of letters about how that I need to preach on this and this and that and this and that on this Sunday and that Sunday. Well, that was years ago. That didn't fly. She didn't fly. She's gone. Well, hallelujah. So we love people, but you don't want to be, you don't want to be manipulated. Amen? Lost everything that he had. Now let's reverse this. If we'll learn to be led by the Spirit of God and take time to wait, and follow him only, you know what? He'll cause you to rise to the top in life. Listen, friends, he will make you rich. Yeah, I said it, rich. Is that five letters or four? All right. Rich is not a dirty four-letter word. Rich is a Bible word. Amen. And incidentally, I've had prophets help me, so I'm not anti-prophet. We are a non-profit ministry, but that doesn't mean we don't believe in profits. Amen. He will. Friends, he will. Listen, he'll make you rich. But not rich 
for the purpose of you being a dum-dum. You know, it's like another friend of mine. I can tell these things because you don't know them. Another friend of mine down in Southern California, this guy won the lottery for $185 million. One, not my pastor friend, but somebody in his church. $185 million. The take-home was 85 mil. He was quoted on TV saying, oh, he's going to do this for the church and do that for the church. Ha, hallelujah. Came to the church and gave him $35,000. The pastor talked him into giving him a half million. You know, so he did. But I talked to the pastor the other day. He says, that guy, we need to pray and believe God. That guy's on drugs. He's lost everything he has. He's gotten away from the Lord. He's divorced. But he won the lottery. Big stinking deal. That's not the kind of rich we're talking about. When I say the Lord will make you rich and take you to the top in life, I mean he will enable you to have no sorrow with it. Your relationships will be intact. Your stewardship will be intact. Your generosity will be intact. Your mind will be intact. Your home will be intact. God will honor those who honor him. Did you get anything out of this today? Come on, let's stand up. Glory to God. Pastor Tom, come help me. Give an altar call. Lead him in a confession if you would. I have preached myself happy. Let's all stand up. Amen. Let's make this confession. I can and do hear the voice of God. I can hear the voice of God. The Lord has cleansed my conscience. My conscience is tender to the voice of the Holy Spirit. When he speaks, I listen. His voice, I will follow. Therefore, life is good when I follow. When I follow. My good, good shepherd. My good, good Somebody shepherd. Somebody give God a shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.